because at night we survived Highway 14 uh, to get here. <laughs> I have this phobia of deer just jumping out. And, and my wife happened to be driving, and she's already heavy on the brakes as it is. Uh, so thank God for protection and that we made it here safely. Also, I just want to thank everyone who has just made our time here so welcoming. I mean, I'm talking about five-star treatment from the, the Landis family and everyone else who has been so kind. We're, we're staying in a cabin uh, not far from here, and it was just absolutely phenomenal. We've also been taken care of in terms of food. And one thing about church people is that they're going to make sure that you're well-fed. And, and we take the word of the Lord literally. Jesus is our daily bread. <laughs> And, and I'm just so thankful and, and grateful for that. I also want to say thank you to the Ayer family, Pastor David and Pastor Denise. They have been just so kind in opening up the doors of the church so that we could come in and that I could minister. And I know that that isn't always easy for someone behind the pulpit who is leading the charge, who's pastoring you to lend that over to someone else. So I'm grateful for that. And I also want to uh, just uh, ask that you would celebrate my beautiful wife, Jarellis. Jarellis, wave to the people. She is here with us on this morning. She is my heart, my liver, my kidney, my backbone, and everything else as well. So we're going to go quickly to the word of the Lord now. If you would just stand to your feet. Uh, that is our custom at Revival Tabernacle. We'll start off by reading in Psalms. Uh, chapter 25, verse number 3, and then we'll do the Cupid shuffle over to Luke chapter 8. Yes, thank you. Okay, yeah, that's so helpful. I think that's helpful. <laughs> okay, yes. Okay, thank you so much. And also, praise God for the worship team. I mean, just authentic worship, authentic worship. Chris was very kind to us on last night, and it was just so good to see that he, in fact, was leading worship this morning, too. So we are in Psalm chapter 25, verse number 3. I'll be reading from the, the NIV or NLT for some of you. This is the NLT, but I also know the NIV version as well. It says, and I just want to read clause A of this scripture. It says, no one who hopes, everybody says hopes. Come on, you didn't say it like you mean it. Say hopes. hopes. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Amen. No one who hopes in you shall ever be put to shame. And then in Luke chapter 8, that's also going to be our scripture, flash scripture, scripture if you will. We'll come back to it and get it in a moment. Luke chapter 8. Verses 43 through 48. And I'll be reading in the NLT on this one. I believe that's the NIV. But if you have the NLT up there, you can throw that up. If not, uh, we can still find it on our cell phones, especially if you have an iPhone. <laughs> Draw it. Y'all take great pictures. <laughs> Amen. I'm just kidding. Somebody about to walk out already. 
All right, so we're in Luke chapter 8, verse number 43. It says, a woman, somebody say woman, in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. And she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Say immediately, please. Immediately. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. Interesting. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. Peter always running his mouth. This whole crowd is pressing up against you. And those who laugh, you consider yourself a Peter. Amen. (laughs) This whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me. For I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees before him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I want to preach for a little while using as a subject abundant hope. Would you look to the person beside you and tell them, Be abundantly hopeful. Go ahead. Tell them, please. Be abundantly hopeful. That was the wrong person. Look to the other person beside you. Tell them, be abundantly hopeful. Come on. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Lord, I pray on today that your word would just illuminate itself in a powerful way. God, this is an extension of your kingdom, this group right here at New Life Church. And I'm believing for breakthrough. I'm believing for supernatural blessing. I'm believing for healing. I'm believing that people would step out of their shell. And most importantly, I'm believing that the hopeless will become hopeful. We know that you're good. We know that you're kind. We know that you do not fail, nor do you make mistakes. This is an order by the divine kind. You would not have called me about an hour up the road, especially traveling on Highway 14, if you did not have a plan for this, your people. So we celebrate you in advance, and we know that you're going to do amazing things. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you believe it, would you just give God just one more hand clap of praise, like he's going to do something amazing. Right here, right now. Amen. So it's interesting to note in Luke chapter 8, perhaps we can figure out that this may be the most popular time in Jesus Christ's ministry. Maybe, in fact, he's at the pinnacle of success regarding his ministry, many might argue. The reason why is because we see that his fame and his stardom is at an all-time great level. We have him traveling from town to town to town in crowds from the opposite town over. They're, in fact, following Jesus, pressing in, and it's almost as if he has nowhere to go. I want you to imagine for the first time, without there being any paparazzis, without there being any TMZ, amen, somebody. I know y'all ain't that safe. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Without there being any cameras, any picture phones, Jesus, in fact, his word and his name has spread abroad throughout the countryside, and everybody is pressing in trying to figure out who he is and what he is about. And this is interesting, beloved, to note that he is easily the most polarizing figure at the time. 
I don't believe the Roman king was as popular now, in fact, that Jesus steps on the scene. I don't believe even the people who were following him close to his side, the disciples who were fishermen, was quite as popular. Certainly the tax collectors weren't as popular. Shoot, we don't even like tax collectors today, so we know that they weren't as popular. No offense to those of you who are working for the IRS. It's important. But I just want to let you know that Jesus, in fact, is the man on the scene, and he's polarizing, make no mistakes about it, because of his speech. He's polarizing because of his speech and the way he talks, even though, in fact, it is somewhat controversial. It's controversial because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father Except by me. I thought that was interesting and perhaps maybe even the first time that many of them heard this word. And then he goes, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of man have nowhere to lay his head. And you'll notice even in John, John talks about him being the living word. In fact, the word is now walking flesh in the world. And this is interesting because Jesus just continues to go on. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, but render to the Lord what is the Lord's. And I think that people are starting to just turn their heads wondering, what in the world is this man really talking about? He's bold in speech, bold in character. And even at 12 years old, the Bible would say that he would preach from the scroll with such authority. What type of man, even at a young lad age, would perhaps show up the elders and the deacons in the church because he was, in fact, the scripture? Isn't it interesting that he was reading from the scroll? And in other words, he was also reading about himself. I wonder what that looked like. Jesus was a polarizing figure. Great speech, authoritative in every measure. And he would also, beloved, even say that if you, not, if you do not change, this is Jesus talking, and become like little children, then none of you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Wow. I want you to think of that, that, about that for a moment and don't just gloss over that. The reason why that's so important is because this is supposed to be the good news. Wow, interesting. What good news, Jesus, that you're coming on the scene, that you're preaching with such authority, and in in doing so, it's like a big horse pill, hard to swallow. I mean, you're, you're, you're giving us all, in fact, you can handle, and this is becoming challenging for me because I've never heard a word like this. And honestly, if I'm to be 100% authentic, It is somewhat offensive and hard to come by. And watch this, beloved. You'll know this for yourself to be true, that sometimes the things that are good for you don't necessarily feel good in that moment. Come on, you've had the boyfriend dump you or break up with you, and you realize at that point in time that it felt bad. But thank God that he did because you wound up understanding that that joker was actually crazy and cuckoo, and thank God you didn't marry crazy. You, you know, initially, it may start off feeling bad, ladies, when you are in the store and you say no to that dress for the sake of your budget, but you realize that you look cute anyway and there is no such thing as a dress defining you. Holler back at your boy. 
I mean, you, you, you know that initially it may not feel good, it may not feel great, but sometimes even tough word. It, it, it may be tough to swallow, but over time, I believe, in fact, it'll be good for you. I remember my mom when we were sick. I'm from uh, Alabama, so I'm used to country roads, don't get me wrong. But in Sweet Home, Alabama, whenever we would get sick, my grandmother, God bless her soul, uh, thank God she's still alive today. She would uh, give us castor oil. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, perhaps. I mean, when we were sick, come on, come on, my old school saints. I mean, it would coat the stomach really well, and it, t- it tasted so horrible. I thought my grandmother was trying to kill me for being sick. But nevertheless, over time, it felt better. It gave me hope. It helped me to survive. And Jesus is fact, in fact, make no uncertain terms about it. While walking through the crowds, preaching with such authority in Luke chapter 8, perhaps his most famous chapter in the Bible, where we see his ministry on blast, Jesus is saying and realizing that the people are struggling with his word. Yes. And so now you'll know perhaps his all-time great message was, in fact, when he began to talk about the parable of the sower. You know where I'm at. I'm in Luke chapter 8. And in the parable of the sower, you'll find that as we start the beginning of that book, it's almost submerged in red letters, indicating that Jesus is constantly preaching and speaking. Because This is important, beloved. I need you to get this. This is important because he's dealing with people's heart. So in order to deal with people's heart, he had to speak and use his words because he is the living word. And that is the foundation, the precipice of who it is that he is. And so in speaking with his words and challenging people, he understood that people had a problem with him because of what he said. And even though he had their best regard in mind, they were struggling with it. And I know that you've never been there. I know that you've never been in a place to where what you were speaking was good and it was truthful and it was authentic. But people were taking it the wrong way. And then they began to look at you with a, a wayward eye, acting as if you do not even, in fact, like them. So Jesus is in this place to where he understands that now he must preach about the parable of the sower. And in Luke chapter 8, beginning at the top of the chapter, you'll notice that really the best type of soul to have is good soul. Good soul dealing with the heart. Everybody say heart. Mm -hmm. Heart, yes, we got to deal with the heart of the matter. And watch what Jesus essentially says. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. Is that when I'm speaking, those with a fertile heart, a soft heart, a heart made of flesh and not made of stone, those are the ones who will have a transformative experience. Yes, let me say that again. I hope that I got your attention. He's saying, in fact, those with a good heart, a soft heart, a receptive heart, they're going to be the ones with a transformative experience. And I know that my words that I'm speaking to you are controversial and you have problems with it. But if you can just hang on and just open up a little bit, I stand at the door and I knock. And when I knock, I will come in if you open up your heart. And so this is what Jesus is saying. And and. I believe we've glossed over this for such a long period of time in the church, but I believe it is in Luke chapter 8, verse number 8, where Jesus then says, for those of you who have that good soil, 
And those of you who have that soft heart, I'm talking to you, to you right now, you're going to produce a fruit. You're going to produce a crop that will yield a hundredfold blessing, a hundredfold return. You see, this could have been the parable of the investor. Everybody say investor, please. Yes, Jesus, in fact, is an investor and not just a sower, but I want you to get this. He's an investor and a mighty good one at that. What he was saying is that when I speak to you and when you have a soft heart, you're going to produce whatever I'm speaking to you 100-fold the blessing. God, I thought that was going to get at least a shout out of somebody, make somebody shout or wave their hands. Is, is this thing on? I'm, in fact, telling you that right now Jesus has traveled to Canton. Yes, this is the town that he's in right now. And, and I'm just the messenger, but he's the living word. And watch this. He's sowing powerful, good seeds in this place. And, and the reason why I know is because I felt it in the worship service. The reason why I know because I felt such hospitality with the Landis family. The reason why I know is because you've already embraced us with open arms. So I know this is the place where Christ dwells. Yes. Come on, if you're going to clap, clap, would you? Until your hands get red on the inside. This is the place where Christ dwells, and I don't want to move too fast on to the next part of this because I don't want us to miss the power in the text contextually and metaphorically and powerfully for you. Listen, seeds are being sown right now, seeds of hope. Seeds of grace, seeds of love, seeds of authority, seeds of deliverance are being sown right now. And watch this. He was speaking pertinent to the time. He was speaking in a way where people could understand him because there were farmers back in the day. And he was speaking in parables. And so the farmer understands that if I plant a seed, an apple seed that is, then an apple seed is going to produce what somebody Come on, say it like you know what, are you, what you're talking about. What will it produce? A an apple. If, if I sow a peach seed, then what will it produce? It's going to produce a peach. And so he's saying that you're going to yield 100 times the blessing that I'm sowing right now. And I believe you're going to also receive 100 times the seeds being sown right now. I think I just told you that I'm sowing seeds of hope. I'm sowing seeds of blessings. I'm sowing seeds of financial breakthrough. And I'm believing because of the seed that Jesus is using me to plant, you're going to receive 100 times what's being sown. Is there anybody out here looking for a hundred times the blessing? And, and we're not even talking about a prosperity type of message right now, but you do know that you serve a prosperous king who, who, who actually, in fact, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If you know that Jesus Christ has the power to bless you a hundred times the amount that I'm sowing right now, would you just give God glory even right now? Like you're going to get whatever's being sown? I'm still in the introduction, and you'll notice that in the introduction, Jesus is sowing seeds, and he's understanding that as a great investor, well ahead of his time, before Warren Buffett, before Robert Kiyosaki, before Bill Gates, before Grant Cardone, before Lewis Howes. He, in fact, was the investor. And he was looking to transform lives due to the seeds being sown.
And for those with a receptive heart, he understood that even though the message is tough, you're going to change. And you're going to change for the better. So then this leads us to his next point of reference in red words. He begins to then talk about the lampstand. The lampstand in Luke chapter 8 is important, beloved. Here's why. Jesus knew that his words were going to change people, much like his words are still changing people today. You see, I believe even right now, you're being changed right now. I've been praying for your heart to be softened right now. And the things that have been going the way they've been going will no longer be the way they've been going because Jesus is sowing transformational seeds right now. But, but now Jesus is one step ahead of both you and me, and here's why. We have the lampstand message to refer to. And in the lampstand message, you'll notice that he says that essentially because this is going to change you and transform your life, I need you to let your light shine. Mm -hmm. I need you to let your light shine. Look to the person before you or beside you and tell them, wake up and shine, please. Would you tell them, wake up? Wake up and shine, please. I believe some people are falling asleep on me right now. <laughs> wake up and shine, please. I-, I need you to wake up and shine because, watch this, if you do not do so, then in other words, what we're saying is that the seed that Jesus Christ sowed was wasteless. Wow. Wow. If we're not going to wake up and shine because of Jesus being such a great investor You'll see in the lampstand parable, he said, what has been given to the person who will let their light shine, he'll give them all the more. But what will be taken away from the person who who doesn't let their light shine, he's going to also take away even more. Wow, think about that. His word is so important. His word is so powerful. The seeds that he's planting right now are so precious that if you do not use what he's giving you, Not only will he take it away, but then you'll begin to have less. Wow. What an investor. Somebody say he's an investor. Come on, would you please stick with me? Uh, He's such an investor that what he's giving you, he's going to give you more the more you use it. Mm -hmm. So, Nissan, the more you preach and the more you speak and the more you bless, the more I'm going to give you. Ma'am, sir, the more that you you give, the more generous you are, the more that I'm going to give you. The more that you pray, the more capacity and the ability you'll have to pray, the more hunger and thirst you'll have. They that hunger and thirst for the Lord shall be filled. So, So the more that you do, the more he's going to give. Because you are the one to let your light shine. And that's why there's always wrestling in the congregation. Because many of you, even under the sound of my feeble voice right now, you know that God sometimes makes you want to move in a certain type of way. Even in the sanctuary, even in this moment where he wants you to maybe come running, rushing to the altar. Where he wants you to use your gift to bless somebody with a transformational word. Where he wants you to lay your hands on the sick and they be made well. Where he wants you to prophesy and speak those things that are not as though they are already are, where he wants you to also, in fact, use your words of knowledge, your gift of knowledge to transform the marketplace. The only reason why the business is blessed is because you're there sitting around the round table, and he'll keep giving you more and more and more. The more that you use it, the more that you use what he's giving you, he'll pour out more. And so, and so we have been praying this prayer, fill my cup, Lord, 
let it overflow. And I'm believing, in fact, that on this day, many of you will remember this as your overflow blessing type of day. I'm believing that. And so now that he knows that people will use the seeds that's been planted, watch me closely, and then, in fact, not only just hide those seeds and, and the blessing from those seeds, hoard those apples, hoard those peaches, but be a blessing before many with their gift. Watch what the next frame of text is, and we're just going through the, the, uh, Luke chapter 8. You'll notice then that we have... We have the next part of this being, give me one second. Jesus talking about his true family. Yes. And this is interesting because the crowds are pressing up against him. Say crowds. The crowds are pressing up against him, right? And his mother and his brother are there. You see, Jesus has become so attractive with his word, but not only his word, but his word has now changed so many people's lives that now they're pulled and they're drawn to him. And watch me closely here. It, people are attracted to awesome. When they know that you're about them, they flock to you. They come running to you. That's what makes you different. In a me world where it's all about what I can get how far I can climb the corporate ladder. When you actually have well regards for someone else and you're speaking a blessing over their life, it looks strange in a dark world like this. And because you are the type that your, your lips are like uh, the lips and the fruit of Jesus, that you just bless people with the fruit of your lips, now people are changing and they're flocking to you. And this was Jesus' case. And now his mother and his brother, can you imagine, hey, hey, Jesus, and, 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 and that's the brother talking. The mama is saying, son, the crowd, the Bible says, was so big and pressing into Jesus that it was almost breaking him. And, and so in the mother and the, and the brother trying to press into Jesus, you'll notice that somebody asks Jesus about his mother and his brother. And then Jesus says, who is my mother and my brother? Is those who do the word of the Lord. Wow. We are mothers. We are brothers. We are siblings of our Christ Jesus. And watch this. As we move along in the text, uh, you'll notice that now Jesus is, in fact, calming the storm. Hear me closely. The red letters are starting to disappear. Now we're understanding more about Jesus' exploits. He's not doing a whole lot of talking. He's now doing more demonstrations. He's showing his power in operation. He's speaking to the storm and rebuking the storm. Now, one version would say he said, peace be still. And that's his rebuke. That's powerful. I need you to understand that when Christ sometimes rebukes you, here's what it's going to look like when you are in an upheaval, when you are stressed out, when you feel like you're at your wit's end. Here's his rebuke. Peace. <laughs> Peace be still. See, sometimes that's all you need to know is that when things look like the world is going topsy-turvy, that Jesus Christ is speaking peace. And you have the ability to sow that same seed. Can I teach you and show you how? 
I speak peace over your life right now. And for those of you who have enough faith in the bank to purchase it, you're going to get a hundred times the peace that I just sown. And so if you are in need of peace right now, I just want you to lift your hands before God even right now. If the bills have been too much for you to pay, if your kids are driving you crazy, Whatever the case may be, if there is church hurt that you're dealing with, I'm speaking by the power Jesus Christ invested in me. Peace be still. And I need you to participate in this with me, with those of you with uplifted hands. If you don't need peace, keep your hands folded. Keep them down. But if you are in search of peace in a world where hurricanes are going on, in a world where earthquakes are going on, in a world where there's racial racial tension going on, I need you to lift your hands even right now unashamedly. And I want you to speak out loud the seed that I'm sowing. Would you say, peace, be still. If you believe that God's going to rescue you and give you peace, give God a hand clap of praise right now. Come on, you can do better than that. He's coming running for you. And then the disciples would say, what type of man is this that even the very nature he commands would obey him? And if he can get nature to obey him. He can get your bills to obey. If he can get nature to obey, he can get your children to obey. If he can get nature to obey, then your boss and your supervisor can obey. Amen. If he can get nature to obey, I didn't know you didn't see this coming, but I'm coming to get you at the back door. You can obey. Peace be still. And I don't know who I'm talking to among about a hundred of you in here right now. But what I do believe is that peace is coming running to you. But then watch this. We're still going along with the text. Now we see less words, words in red. We understand that now there's a demon-possessed man in Luke chapter 8. And this demon-possessed man has been this way for a while. In fact, the normal home is not his home. The rocks are and the caves are. And He's so demon-possessed that he's known by legion. And the Roman army, what that means is 3,000 to 6,000 men. And so if I could teach you, this is Bible study, welcome. Uh, You'd understand that legion perhaps is suggesting that this man isn't tormented by one demon, two demons, but thousands of them. And he's, in, he's controlled by thousands of demons so much to the point to where while he's shackled up in chains in the cave, there's guards out front because they don't know what he would be able to do. He's untamable. But when Jesus comes along the scene, the people who felt hopeless in this time now understand that Jesus was able to deliver this man from his torment and his toil. In fact, the demons recognized who, in fact, Jesus was. They said, we know who you are. And aren't you glad that your problems, your situations, I'm going to tell you right now, they know who Jesus is. Oh, y'all missing it here. (laughs) The issues that you're going through right now, they know who your God is. 
the, the, the circumstances that seem like you cannot press through and get over. I want you to show them your big God. And when you show them, don't be surprised. They already know who your Jesus is. Your enemy knows who he is. Can I talk to somebody in here? Even somebody who is dealing with a relationship that seems to have gone south. That person on the opposite side of the relationship, they know who Jesus is. And because of the power of Jesus Christ, the situation is going to be resolved. Wow. Amazing. But now we get to the crux of our text. Stick with me as I work your listening muscle. As we get to the crux of the text, after Jesus does what he does, his fame is continuing to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Notice at the beginning of the verse or the chapter, I think I told you, it was almost all red. He was speaking a lot. Now, not a lot of red, he's doing a lot. And he's transforming, he's changing lives. Watch this. I want you to hear me. He's walking along. There's a man named Jairus. And he wants Jesus to come to his house to heal his daughter. But on the way there, you know the story. There's a woman with 12 issues of blood. Or, excuse me, 12 years with the issue of blood. In other words, perhaps she was going through her menstruating period and it just, the blood flow was not stopping. The Bible says constantly bleeding. I know I've asked you to repeat a lot and I hope that you aren't tired of me doing so. Would you say constantly, please? Constantly. I'm talking to a remnant of believers right now. You feel like you can relate to this woman. You've experienced the constant bleeding. In one way or another, life does not seem to be fair. You've been dealing with one circumstance after another. You don't like the way your body looks. Bleeding. You don't like the way your spouse talks to you. Bleeding. For 12 years, you've been going through bankruptcy, bleeding. The finances does not seem to be making its way out of the hole, bleeding. Home foreclosure, bleeding. You thought that you would be over the loss of your loved one by now, bleeding. The issue that you've been sick for 12 years dealing with it seems like it's only getting stronger and you're constantly bleeding. If we are to use the woman in the text, we have insight to how it is, in fact, Jesus will deliver us. See, sometimes crowds aren't a good thing. See, maybe, beloved, if the other seats in this room were filled, you wouldn't be as tapped into this message right now. The energy perhaps in the room would, would take you away from being dialed in. But I'm believing that this is a blessed crowd. And when the woman began to press in, when the woman began to push, when she began to fight, hear me clearly, that's when her breakthrough started to be on the way. And I'm talking to a group of women right now who are fighters. If the worship team would come. I'm going to finish and close this out even right now. I feel God moving in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
She's pressing in. She's fighting. She's making sure she reaches her breakthrough. I told you that this message was about abundant hope. One of the things that I don't want you to miss is that this woman was hopeful. And I'm talking to somebody right now who has lost hope. Whenever you come to church, you used to get chill bumps. The cross used to mean a little bit more to you when you've seen it. But now because of life circumstances, you feel like you've been bleeding for 12 years. I don't know who you are and where you are, but the crowd has even in fact become an issue. Everyone around Jesus seems to be getting touched but you. I want you to notice something that Jesus does in this text. Don't miss it. She's pushing in. She's pressing in. She's making sure that she can at least touch the hem of his garment. And I believe Jesus Christ is in error. And I've been scratching myself on the head for the longest thinking to myself, Christ, why are you saying, who touched me? Because she never touched him. What did she touch? <laughs> the fringes of his garment. So what I learned through biblical commentary is that a lot of theologians are saying Jesus wanted to make sure that he made a scene. He wanted to, in fact, make sure that everybody in the crowd stopped. And notice that he noticed someone, quote, unquote, touch him. <laughs> When in fact, she did not touch him. She touched the hem of his garment. And then you'll notice Jesus cries out, someone touched me because I felt power flow from me. Another version would say, I felt my virtue flow from me. And then Peter chimes in. He says, God, or Jesus, how in the world can you make such a case? Everybody's essentially touching you. This is going to really trip you out right here. Oh, I'm feeling the hurt pulling on me right now. Jesus made a point to mention that this woman, according to Jewish customs, should not be touching a man. She's bleeding. Women, in fact, weren't even allowed to engage with men during the time especially bleeding. She never touched him. Perhaps maybe she knew better. Because I believe if she could touch the hem of his garment, she could also touch his ankles. <laughs> but she in fact touched his hem. And Jesus made reference to stop right there and say, who touched me? Obviously he knew. Because he wanted to hear me. Don't miss it. He wanted to make a clear difference between those who were curious about him versus those who believed in him. Oh, y'all. Some of you, you may just be curious about him. I'm getting chill bumps all over my body. But there's another group of you, you believe in him. And so it wasn't, in fact, what she did. It was how she felt. And I'm wondering for those of you who are hopeless right now, if you would understand that you serve a God who has abundant hope, abundant virtue running through his body. 
I don't want you to miss this. Please, beloved, stick with me because your breakthrough is coming, but I got to really work my case. She's bleeding. The text, you repeated it, said immediately the bleeding stopped. This has got to be interesting to you, beloved, because you know this and you don't have to be a doctor. There are several reasons why we need blood. We need blood, hear me closely, for oxygen. I'm talking to somebody with shortness of breath. You, you have a shortness of breath going on in your body. You have trouble breathing at night. Jesus is coming by. I'm talking to somebody who's bleeding. Hear me. The reason and the cause for blood is for your body to receive vital nutrients. I'm talking to a group of people right now, two or three of you. Vitamin deficiencies. You, you are low in iron. You are, you, you are low in calcium. Something you're deficient in is due to your blood. Christ is here to stop the bleeding. You'll know that, that blood... Watch this, because I don't want to get too spiritual on you. Blood helps you remove waste. There's somebody right now dealing in a relationship that is wasteful. It's damaging. I think four of you right now, watch this. God isn't trying to remove something out of your system. He's trying to remove people out of your system. You, you, you got to get over John, and you, you got to get over Sally, and, and he's trying to remove the waste. He's here to stop the bleeding. The only way that he can stop it is if you act as if you're the woman or the man that's been dealing with something for 12 years. She moved out of desperation. She moved out of hope. There's a word. She moved out of faith. She moved because she believed. She pressed in as a woman because she is a fighter. I'm just going to speak right now to the women. If I could just open up this altar just specifically for the women right now. What I notice is eight, nine years ago, this same anointing oil, I know exactly how much it costs because I have the exact same canister. I said, ooh, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing in this room. But he said, Nisa, I, I already got the anointing oil prepared for you. You lost yours metaphorically. I know the anointing is still on me. You lost yours but I sent you on divine assignment to come to, to, to new life because they picked it up for you. The same exact bottle. So for those, those issues that I mentioned right now, I'm, 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 we're not going to play games anymore. We've never even started. But specifically for someone, I don't know who you are. Jarellis, you know my ministry. You know I wouldn't do this if I didn't believe it. You've been dealing with shortness of breath. I'm believing that, that as I place the anointing oil on my hands, 
And like Jesus would make mention, <laughs> it's not the oil. It's not my garment. It's me who's changing. I want to lay hands on you even right now. If you would just come, if, if you would just come, two or three of you, I want to just lay hands on you right now, specifically now if you're dealing with shortness of breath. No, no other thing but shortness of breath right now. And I don't know who all the ministers are in this church, but I'm believing by faith that God's going to open up the breathing canals, that in fact he's going to do a demonstration of his miracles right now and even help them with their blood so they get their breathing back. Would you just clap for those that came even right now by faith, believing that God would do something supernatural in this place? The bleeding is stopping. I'm coming for you in a moment. The bleeding is stopping right now. Immediately, things are getting ready to change. I'm talking about women in this place who are stronger than Wonder Woman, stronger than Superwoman. You are finally pressing in spiritually, and Jesus is walking by. He sees you. He knows that you are reaching out to touch the hem of his garment. And I'm believing by faith because of this demonstration of you pressing in, of you fighting that the breathing it's going to open up for you. That, that God is getting ready to change your blood type around. Maybe even, in fact, it's your blood type. I don't know. But because of the blood of the Lamb who was slain to be received, the bleeding is stopping now. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. Bless your name. Come on, come on. I, I just got to drag this out a little bit. I'm going to come for somebody else. But if you believe that the bleeding is stopping, would you just cry out loud now and not spare not? For these that are here at the altar, come on, press in right now. Come out of your shell right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I, I need the ministers to be around them as we pray. Because the bleeding is stopping right now. Glory to God. Come on, let's just stand to our feet right now. Hallelujah. The show is over. Come on, the show is over. God, I, I need somebody to clap their hands right now. Let you know that, that God is doing something special. I, I, I got some spectators in the room. I need participators who know that the bleeding is stopping right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus, thank you that in, in your name, Lord, that the, that the breathing is going to come back to her. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, God, that, that the heels, Lord, that she tries to walk, Lord. Lord, that they will not be a struggle because, Lord, the bleeding is stopping, God. Thank you, God, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything that she can hope, dream, or imagine. And right now, she's hopeful that she can breathe better. Lord, we thank you, God, that there will be no longer a shortness of breath, God. Heal her body. You are the great physician. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're a healer. By your stripes, we are healed. Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. God, I thank you that, 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 that the conditions of her, of her cells, God, would, would, would be in alignment first and foremost. That, 
that, that the white blood cells for her immune system would strengthen right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you're going to open up those breathing canals, God. Lord, we thank you that you're doing amazing things with her that eyes haven't seen and ears have not heard. In Jesus' name, touch her body right now. Specifically for breathing right now. Specifically for breathing. I need you to come. Specifically for breathing. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for the cheer. Thank you for the smile, God. But, Lord, we know that, that this is not a game, that, that you are here for deliverance, that you're going to do something that eyes haven't seen. You're going to give her a testimony and then tell her to sing about it. Tell her to shout about it. Tell her to tell her friends about it, her family about it. She, she wants to press into you more. She knows you by name. But you know her even more, God. You know every strand of hair upon her head, God. Lord, take away this issue, God, so that she can praise you and bless you. She wants to dance before you without getting winded. Hallelujah. Glory to God. She wants to sing your worship songs with full capacity of lungs. Thank you that you've given her a new song. I don't even know who she is, but God, I'm glad that you know her by name. Your word says her name, your name is inscribed in the palms of his hands. He knows you. He knows you. Hallelujah. Specifically for shortness of breath. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the humility that she would come. We thank you for the desperation that she has to press in. Desperation is a good thing. We know that you respond to those who are desperate and plead. Not that you, not that you need us to come, but you, you beckon us to come because you want to change the situation around. Change this situation, God. Speak to our heart. We pray that even before she leaves today, you've done some things immediately and you've done some things as they went. Lord, change things right now, if it be thy holy will. But Lord, we are also faithful enough to know that as she goes, she can be healed that you're going to open up the breathing canals, God, that you're going to help her breathe better, especially in the mornings. There it is. Especially in the mornings with the tightness of chest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, that tomorrow morning, God, when she wakes up, Lord, there will be no tightness in chest. She wouldn't even have to place her hands on her heart, wondering if something's going on with her heart. By God, because we know that you're opening up the breathing because the bleeding is stopping in Jesus name. Amen. And thank God. Come on. Thank God for her. Like, like God's going to do something amazing for these two. Thank you, God. There was another thing that blood was important for doing. And that's, that's the nutrients, right? To help you who are dealing with deficiency of, of nutrients. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who you are, where you are, but I believe that God will have me say this for a reason. It is not to make you ashamed. Look, everybody is going through something. We are all sick in one way or another. But I believe that God transforms us around because of the seeds being sown in this place. And I believe one seed that's being sown, in fact, is healing right now. So if you could just bear with us one more moment. I just want to lay hands on one, two of you who are dealing with deficiency in your body. As it relates to, here it is, iron. Iron deficiency. If there is not one, then forgive me. I'll go back to the prayer closet. Let's clap for her as she comes, even right now. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. Come on, come on. 
If we could just keep the team, continue to play for me, that sounded so good. That's helping us flow in the spirit, even right now. I'm believing that by faith that God is doing amazing things. Hallelujah. That the energy that you need will come back. Here it is. Thank you. I almost forgot. But when we start to deplete of blood, we lose our energy. So how in the world, watch this, let me teach you this. How could the woman with 12 years dealing with this problem have enough energy to fight the crowd with blood flowing from her body uncontrollably? It's because she was desperate just like you. And I thank God that, Lord, you're doing amazing things for my sister. Here's what we're playing for. A supernatural blessing to take place. That in Jesus' name, Lord, that you're going to do something amazing, Lord. God, to, to bless her body, to heal her from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. Thank you, God. Thank you for that blessing. In Jesus' name. Yes. Hallelujah. One other thing. Thank you. Thank you. I want y'all to keep that going, though. You're sounding great. You're helping me. You're helping. But as you bring it down one notch, I want to also pray for this one individual, one or two. Blood removes waste. Look, there are some things that have been trying to attach itself to your life that you've been holding on to. But if I could be 100 with you, you got to get rid of it. You're holding on to it, and God is saying, let it go. It's wasteful for your system. He's asking you to let it go because when you let it go, your hands are now free to receive what it is that he wants to give you. So I'm praying specifically for someone holding on to another individual that they should let go. Wow. Listen, it, it, it isn't that they're a bad person. But it's for the sheer fact that, that Christ wants to move you on to something bigger and better. I don't know if it's a, a supervisor or a business relationship you got to cut and sever. I honestly don't know if it's a, 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 a boyfriend, a girlfriend. I, I, I want to make, make sure we, we keep this biblical. I'm certainly not saying that you let go of your husband, your wife. <laughs> but I'm certainly saying... If you're in a damaging relationship right now, and you know that I'm talking to you, why not be like the, the woman that for 12 years they've been dealing with this issue? Why not press in? If you know that this is you, this is your opportunity right now to have the power to let that go. I'm going to ask you to even come, even right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bless your name. In Jesus' name. Bless your name, God. If I missed it, I do apologize. But if that's you, let's just clap our hands for that, this sister right here. Hallelujah. It's not easy. Listen, it's not easy. Hallelujah. Bless God. Come on, if, if you've been connected to somebody at some period of time in your life, 
that was bad for you to, 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 to empower her. Would you just clap your hands? I know if I had about four arms, five or six different arms, all of them would be clapping. We've been connected to something that's been damaging, and it comes sometimes in the form of people. Bless God. Hallelujah. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You thought that you were bleeding and that this was causing you to die, that this relationship felt so dark. But hallelujah, I'm praying by the name of Jesus that the king of hope is here. That abundant hope is going to come to you right now. That, that, that Christ is making you over again. That, that when you look into the mirror, you see the, the daughter of the king. And, and that you're a princess and you're beautiful. You're special. That, that you don't have to overcompensate even. That, that you can be even naked, wounded, and ashamed. But, but when you look into your eyes and deep into your eyes, you know that Christ loves you. You understand that, that he has something better in store for you. He's going to empower you because you carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. And beautiful are the feet of them that carry the gospel. We know, God, that, that you're doing something for my sister right now. Hallelujah. The one thing that he said, Lord, Lord, it's going to be removed from her mind right now in Jesus' name. Lord, Lord, I thank you that, that you're doing amazing things, God. To, 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 to change the situation around we know you to be a healer and sometimes healing needs to come in the form of helping us with a broken heart Lord I thank you God that you're mending the broken heart right now in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah God that you're going to get rid of the negative thinking oh my gosh that that is bombarding her mind, that even wakes her up at night, God, that, that Lord, the negative thinking that, that causes her to do irrational things, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would get rid of that thought pattern. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, remove wasteful thinking in Jesus' name. There it is. Wow. Wasteful thinking shall be removed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The war is over. Hallelujah. Bless your name. Wasteful thinking is gone now. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Yes. is coming to New Life Church. That new life is coming to New Life Church. New seeds are being sown right now. Come on, if you believe that Jesus Christ spoke in this one moment, would you just give the King of Kings a hand clap of praise even right now? Come on, it isn't me, but all glory belongs to him. If you know that God is doing amazing things, to restore the hope that was once there that now is lost. One more time, I'm a, I'm a person of action and interaction, and I do believe that hand claps give the devil a nervous breakdown. So would you, would you just clap your hands like you know 
that there's new hope coming to this house, that restoration is here, that abundance is here. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and thank God.